You know, as we um, were rapidly approaching Easter, and it, it, Easter is a day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, it's the day that, that everything changed. Everything changed. And as we approach Easter Sunday, we have to realize that the week leading up to Easter was significant. Many have called the week leading up to Easter the Passion Week. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at three different divine moments that took place. Three things that, that happened that entire week leading up to the cross, Jesus had it all planned out. Jesus had it set up. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. So over the next three weeks, we're going to look at our theme passage. And the theme passage is going to be found in Matthew chapter 20. Verse 17 through 19. Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 through 19. When it says this, Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. And on the way He took the twelve aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priest and the teachers of the law. They will condemn Him to death, and He will hand Him over to the Gentiles, to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, He will be raised to life. On the third day, He will be raised to life. So when we start this week, this week of passion, uh, on Monday, Jesus has an encounter not with a person, but with a fig tree. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14. It says, The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, He went to find out if it had any fruit. When He reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. And then he said to the, to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. And then in, later in the story, in verse 20, it says, In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered down, withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look. The fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. So here, Jesus has come into an encounter with a fig tree. And he's upset. Because when he gets there, he realizes that there's no fruit. And so they go on into Jerusalem, and, and then when they come back, they say, look, the fig tree that you cursed has died. Almost like they were amazed. 
I mean, you would think after walking around with Jesus for so long that they would uh, understand that, that he was a pretty powerful dude. But he looks at his disciples and says, listen, you have to have faith in God. You need to have deep-rooted faith in God. Not just a, a faith that is outward, but a faith that, that you grow deep. A faith that, that branches out and, and produces fruit. You see, Jesus wants to see fruit from your life. And often in our life, God sees the potential in us that we cannot even see ourselves. God is always looking at the potential. Other people think that nothing good will come out of our life. Other people think that, that our life is just a waste, that our life will never be. But God looks at our life, and He's not looking at what it is. He is looking at what it can be. During this week, there are so many conversations that every moment is full. Jesus knows exactly what is going to happen, so nothing catches him by surprise. Every moment has something to say. He knows that he's headed to Jerusalem. He knows what his assignment is. He knows that he's getting ready to take on the sin of the world. Every moment of this week has something to say to us. So Jesus gets up in the morning. He's hungry. He's walking along. He sees a fig tree in a distance. He gets excited because he thinks, man, look, it, it's in season. There's leaves. That means there should be figs. There should be fruit. So he's excited. But when he gets there, he realizes there's no fruit. He's disappointed. He's upset. I mean, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever looked at something and thought it was going to be one thing, but it ended up not being? It happened to me not too long ago. I had been running around all morning, and um, I was hungry. And I just happened to be passing by Chick-fil-A, and it was like 1027. So I was excited because I thought, man, I can still get some chicken minis. Now, this was before the month of March, because during the month of March, they have chicken minis all day long for March Madness, which we're not having. Um, so I pull into the parking lot on two wheels. I get up to the, the place where you order in the drive through she says, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'd like some, I want a four count of chicken minis. I'm looking at the clock. It's like 1029. I'm so excited. And so then all of a sudden, she says, I'm sorry, sir, we're out of chicken minis. I was that close, that close to getting my chicken minis. And she says, we don't have any. The disappointment. Have you ever been at a restaurant and, and you've been thinking about something all day and, and you want this particular thing to eat and, and you ordered on the menu and she takes your order and then she goes back to the kitchen and, and then she comes out and she says, um, I'm sorry, we're out of that. 
And then all of a sudden, it's just you are completely disappointed. You had just worked yourself up. You thought that you were getting ready to, to in, indulge in some, some great meal, something that you had been craving, but it didn't happen. The picture looked so good on the menu, but it didn't happen. A lot of times it happens in our life. We see things and they look good. And we think this is the way it's going to happen. This is the way it's going to work out. But the closer you get to it, the closer that you realize, you, you understand that it's not the solution for your problem. Maybe it's a, for those of you who, who may still be dating. Beware. Because those filters are powerful. Say, what are you talking about? I'm saying people can make themselves look a whole lot better than what they actually do. You get on Instagram and you think, yeah, man, we need to, we need to hook up. And, and then you meet up and it's like, whoa, that ain't the same person. Who, who is that? You, you got a sister or something? You got a brother? Here Jesus gets to the fig tree, hoping for nourishment, and it doesn't happen. So why is the fig tree important during this Passion Week? Why is it important? Because I believe that it represents, and God wants us to know, that, that this fig tree had potential. It had potential. And Jesus saw the potential that it had. And Jesus sees our potential. He doesn't want us to go through life with less than the best. He cares about our life. He cares about and He knows what He has for us. I mean, most other people see our pain. Most other people see our past. Most other people see our sin. Most people see our mistakes. But God doesn't see that. What God does is He looks at us and He sees our potential. He sees the potential in our marriage. He sees the, the potential in our children. He sees the potential in our future. He sees the potential in our life and He cares about that. And you may be looking at yourself right now and you may be thinking, I doubt, I don't think that I will ever reach my potential I don't think that I'll ever accomplish what it is that, that God would have me to accomplish because of my past. Because of what I've done. But Jesus sees your potential despite the circumstances. And He says, put your faith in me. I want to look at this story just a little bit more in depth. I want us to, to start to unpack what is going on here. The first thing that I, that I want us to notice is that the fig tree is alone. It's alone. It's by itself. If there's one thing that I have learned, that, it, that it, it is so hard to grow in God, isolated from God's people. If you begin to read about fig trees, you'll find that, that some of the best fig trees, the ones with the best fruit, they're in orchards. Why is that? It's because of cross-pollination. It's because they're able to share their nutrients. They're able to, to share nutrients with the other trees. And the same thing is true in our life. We need to be able to share with 
other people. That's why that we are pushing life groups. And that's why that we have redeveloped and revamped the, the way that we're approaching life is because we understand that one of our core values is, is life is better together. Life is better when you can share the good, when you can share the bad, when you can share your faults, when you can share your victories. You see, because there's something about when you're hurting, that when you get next to someone who has found deliverance, or when you're struggling with something, and you can get next to someone who has found deliverance, it starts to strengthen your faith in God. You can start to, to grow in Him. You do better in a group. You can develop that attitude that, that I need you and you need me. We can't live in isolation. We can't live alone. We need each other. And this fig tree was set out there by itself, all alone. It had no fruit. The second thing that I want to, to look at in this story is the fig tree's appearance. Its appearance. You see, leaves do not sustain anything. We live in a society where there's a lot of profession of faith going on, but there's not a whole lot of practice. We have to be willing to put our faith in action. We have to be willing. You see, we can talk about God. We can say all the right things. We can do the things that will make the world think that we're a follower of Christ. But when it comes down to it, we have to have the real thing. You see, in college, uh, there were people who would get caught up all the time. They would want to debate and have theological debates about the book of Leviticus or, or, or all of these things. And, and, and you've met those people. They just want to debate about I've said it before, whether Adam had a belly button or not. Just things like that. That, But something that I realized, even when I was in college, I would sit in these theology classes, and to be honest, they bored me senseless. I was like, I need something that's going to help me. If I'm in trouble, it's not going to matter whether Adam had a belly button or not. If I'm hurting, it's not going to matter. It didn't help me when I had a problem, when I was faced with a real life situation. But what will help me is when I begin to learn to put my faith into action with someone else. And when I begin to, to put my faith in Christ, I can't just have the, the appearance. This fig tree had the appearance from a distance that it had fruit. But when they got close to it, they understood. They really didn't. The third thing I see about this fig tree is that it's absent. It was absent of fruit. You see, if you have no fruit, 
you have no life. We have to be and live a life where we are producing fruit. We have to live a life where we make a difference. I am tired of being irrelevant. We are in a, in a time in our country right now, in our world right now, that we as, as Christians and we as a church, we need, the world needs to see something more than just leaves. Because you know what happens to the leaves when the wind blows? They fall off. They fall off. We're living in a time right now As you sit there today, we're in a time that the world needs to see that the church is alive. The world needs to see. We need to be able to speak peace into the fear that many people are feeling. We need to discover our purpose. We need to, to find it for ourselves. We need it so that that we can fulfill what God's called us to do. You see, all of these three things keep the fig tree from its potential. You see, that fig tree had potential. And these things in our life will do the exact same thing. They will keep us from our potential. say, well, Pastor, how do I change? How do I change? I'm tired of being irrelevant. I'm tired of, of not making a difference in my community or in my family or, or, or in my school or, or at my job. I'm tired of, of the roller coaster ride of, of not being up one day and down the next, being feeling like that I'm on top of the world one day and then the next day I'm, I'm so low. That I can't help anybody. How do I change? You see, the Bible talks about another type of tree. A tree that is found in the book of Psalm, chapter 92, verses 12 through 15. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Proclaiming, the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in Him. You see, that's the plan for our life. That is what God has called us to be. We should be like a tree that's planted by the water. We should be planted in God's house. We should want to to bear fruit into our old age. You see, that is our potential. God wants us to continue to grow. God wants us to flourish. God wants us to be this kind of tree. So how do we do that? How can we go from being the fig tree that we read about in the book of Mark that Jesus encountered on the Monday before He would go to the cross. How can we go from that to being the kind of tree that the writer of Psalm 
talks about here in chapter 92. The first thing that we need is we need and we must have roots. You see, uh, the roots determine the fruit. Strong roots will produce good fruit. No one has, has ever looked at a beautiful tree and says, man, look at those roots. I think about my yard. Now, when we first moved into the neighborhood that we live in, our house is right on the corner and we're in a housing development. There's only one way in and one way out. So every person, every family, every guest of every family that comes into our neighborhood must go by our yard. And so for the first two or three years that we lived there, I've never, I don't know if you believe this or not, I'm not much of an outdoors person. I've never had a garden. But for the first two or three years, I thought, man, I'm going to, we're going to, we've got to make this yard look good. You know how it is when you get something new? You know, you have that new car and it's, you want to make it look good. Two or three three years later, I'm thinking, man, I'm too busy. I'm making enough money. We're going to hire somebody to do it. So we hire Scott's treatment. They come in and they they take care of all the, the, the fertilizing and everything, and it looks great. Then a few years later, I decide, man, that's costing too much money. And so I begin to ask them, well, what is it? And our neighbor's yard always looks perfect. It's perfect. And so I begin to ask them, well, you know, what is it? And they said, listen, your yard is nothing but sand. So your grass, it it can't grow deep roots. It's nothing but sand. The grass can't take root. But you see, my neighbor prepares her soil and takes so much time getting it right so that the grass can take root and so that it can grow and so that it can be green. But when you look at her yard, you're not thinking, wow, you're not even thinking about the roots. You're just seeing the product. You see, the root is the secret part that no one ever looks at, but it means everything. And the same thing is true in our life. We must, we have to develop strong roots. You say, how do we do that? We get in our prayer closet. We get in our prayer closet. We allow those roots to start, to take a hold. We allow those roots to begin to grow and to begin to allow the product to continue to grow. You see, nobody sees what we do in our prayer closet. Nobody sees it. Nobody knows about it. But it's that prayer closet. It's when we begin to to pray that our roots begin to take hold. And when our roots begin to take hold, the fruit will begin. The fruit will begin. The second thing we must have is we must have rain. We must have rain. 
what is rain? Have you ever been having a, having a bad day? Have you ever been having uh, the kind of day that everything is just falling apart? Uh, for anybody that is a, a sports fan, this week's been horrible. It's been horrible. I saw something on Facebook, and it said, two days without sports. I talked to my wife. She seems pretty nice. She seems pretty nice. Because that is something that we've all been used to. That is something that we enjoy. But so here we are. We have things in our life that are going to disappoint us. We have things in our life that are going to to get us down. So what do we do in those situations? What do we do in moments that we feel as if everything is falling apart? I mean, that's something that in our life right now, in our world, that we said, man, everything's falling apart. So what do we do? When I talk about the rain, when I talk about the rain of God, what I'm talking about is allowing God and worshiping God, allowing the the rain of God. Have you ever been in a situation where it's so hot outside and you've been working and you've been been going through things and it's, it's you're so hot and you're so tired and just out of nowhere, refreshing rain will pop up. Refreshing rain will pop up. And it feels so good. What am I talking about with rain? I'm talking about the presence of God. I'm talking about getting in His presence. You see, there's nothing like worshiping Him. I love it when the teenagers sit right up here, these front two or three rows, and to watch them worship. To watch them, then lift their hand. And when I was a, a youth pastor, we used to go to what we would call what they called Winterfest, where 10, 12, 15,000 students would gather together and they would worship God. And there's nothing like getting in His presence. If you're having a bad day, you need the reign of God. If you have things in your life that are getting you down, You need the reign of God. You see, life can be different when you get in His presence. Life can be different when you say, God, I am here. God, pour out your reign. God, here I am. I am so thirsty. I am so dry. Pour out your reign in my life. And how do we do that? We just get into His presence. You see, when you stop listening to discouragement, when you stop listening to the things that, that get you down, when you stop listening to, to all, when you stop listening to the news, how many people have just, you have just turned off the news over this past week? How many people are still watching it? That's why you got those frowns on your face. You need the reign of God. But it seems like, but, but we keep pumping in this, this negative thing. Get in front of, uh, of your TV and put on some elevation worship. Get in front of the Word of God and, and, and allow Him to and open up your heart and open up your life. 
and allow him to do something and to replace those things that are getting you down. We need rain. Thirdly, we need relationships. Relationships. Relationships are a must. They are a must. You see, just like this fig tree needed to be in an orchard, you need to be planted. You need relationships. You need to be in a life group. You need to be in a community of believers where that when you're struggling. And that, that if that fig tree would have had that, then it would have been different. You have to have relationships. You, you need to be in a place where, where you're surrounded by people where you can grow together. You need to be in a place where you can stand up and, and you can fight life's battles together. You see, too many of us, we, we wonder why we're not producing fruit. But it's because we're in a bad environment. It's because we, we haven't put ourselves in a position or in an environment where we can grow. I mean, think about it. Where are the best oranges produced? Florida. Man, there's nothing like some fresh squeezed orange juice from Florida. It's not Michigan. Why is that? It's not because God likes Florida better than He likes Michigan. It's because of the environment. It's because the environment that, that it is planted in. The environment is right for producing fruit. So what I'm challenging you today to do is, is to put yourself in an environment where you can produce good fruit. Start producing good fruit. And when you do that, you can help reveal Jesus. You can help reveal Jesus. You, you see, I've watched it time and time and time and time again. I, I've been in ministry since uh, 1997. That's a long time. But I've watched it play out so many times in my life and in my ministry. People will come to church, but they're still alone. People will, will do what and go through the rituals that they think will help them produce good fruit. And they come to church, but they're still alone. They come to church, but they're not in an orchard. They come to church, but they're still hanging out in the wrong places. They're still hanging out with the wrong people. They're still isolated. They still have no relationships. And because of that, they're not reaching their full potential. And can I tell you, it's going to be next to impossible to produce life-changing fruit without being in relationships. You see, it all comes down to this. Life is filled with choices. Life is filled with choices. Where and how are you going to do life? What you choose makes the difference. What you choose makes 
the difference. What do you want in your life? Do you want to be like the tree that produced no fruit? Do you want to be like the tree that when Jesus and the disciples looked at it from a distance, that they said, oh look, that tree's got it going on. Oh look, we can get some something that we need from that tree. We can get nourishment from that tree. But when they got close to it, they realized that there was no fruit. Or do you want to be like the tree found in Psalm chapter 29, chapter 92? The tree that says that that it was planted, it had roots, it had everything that it needed to produce the fruit. And that when people looked at that tree, it wasn't a phony, it wasn't a fake. You see, the world is looking at us. The world is looking at us right now in this moment more than ever. He's looking at us. And He's saying, They're saying, What are we going to do? And now is a time. Now is a time that we need to change our lives and start doing the things that need to be done so that the world can see that we're for real. So that the world can see that we're not fake. We need roots. We need rain. We need the presence of God. And we need each other. And if we can do those three things, We will produce fruit into our old age. And we will be the kind of tree that God has called us to be. Let's pray. Father, I come before you. God, I'm so thankful for your word. God, I'm so thankful that you have given us this opportunity to come together and to worship you. God, I know that sometimes life can be so difficult and so hard. God, there's so many times in our life that we can become discouraged and disappointed. God, that we can become scared and afraid and fearful. God, I know that the enemy does all that he could do to to get our minds off of the things that we need to be doing in order to reach our full potential. God, I pray right now if there's those out there that are struggling with, with fear, God, let them know that 
fear does not come from you. God, if there are those that God, it just seems like God, they're, they're going through the motions. Everything looks right at a distance. But God, they have no roots. God, they, they never get into your presence. God, they've isolated themselves. They have no relationships. God, I pray that right now, wherever they are, God, that you will, the Holy Spirit will challenge them. Challenge them to change. Challenge them from their ways to change them. God, to put their hope and trust in God, as believers, Father, I pray that you will help us, God, to be voices of reason, God, to keep proclaiming that you're in control, to keep proclaiming that you're still on the throne. God, help us as a a church in the weeks and in the months to come, times of uncertainty, God, may we more than ever stand up and allow the world to see that we love you and that we love them. God, let us be a a church not defined by four walls. But God, let us be a church that is defined by spreading your love, speaking of your goodness, proclaiming your mercy and your grace. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, I pray you will continue to speak to our hearts, speak to our lives. God, that we can be and reach our potential. In the name of Jesus.